thanking for Pastor Jason and uh, I've said it before to them finally that uh, they've been better to me than I deserve. And uh, when Stacy and my wife should have been with us, we are so thankful to be here and to be a part of what the Lord is doing. And two and a half years ago, almost three years ago, the Lord led us down to the lakeside. And, uh, I had uh, previously visited there about a year before when our uh, church was not having services. And, had been there in over a year, but yet a couple of months before we set foot into that place, the Lord had begun to deal with my heart and to uh, withdraw us to go down there. Not sure why, but uh, at the moment, but at that time, but we, uh, we went down there. I mean, I even remember trying to call him a couple of times and thinking maybe if I could just communicate me to be down here, but uh, every time that I would call, we never would answer the phone. So, there I See, I thought I was on the microphone. Okay. But anyway, so uh, but I remember the Lord told me that I had to take that step of faith, and we went down there, and the rest is history. We have just been so honored to be able to work with Jason and Summer down there, my wife and I. We have learned a tremendous amount from them, and uh, again, I would not be here today if it was not for his obedience to the Lord. Amen. And so we are just so thankful again to be a part of what he is doing. So if you have your Bibles, come with us to the book of Mark, chapter 5. Mark chapter 5. We're reading about nine verses here. Start with verse 21. If you dare say amen. 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 The Bible says that when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was near unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet, and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. I pray you come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him, and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood twelve years, and had suffered many things and many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was nothing better, but rather grew Worse. And I want you to pay particular attention to that, but rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, she came in and pressed behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press. And said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked round about to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of your faith. I know we've read this portion of scripture time and time again. We've heard many, many sermons time and time again about this. But it doesn't matter. We've heard it ten times, a hundred times, or one time. It will bless each and every single time. Amen. Amen. Because the Word is alive. And I want to preach for you this morning a message that the Lord has laid upon my heart. Just one touch. Just one touch. That's all we need today is just Praise one touch. Amen. 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 Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come to you again. 
Lord, with a thankful heart, Lord, that we have the opportunity, Lord, to be gathered together in your name. Lord, there are many around this world today, Lord, that does not have the freedom, Lord, to come out in public, Lord, and to worship the one true God. And yet, Lord, we today have the freedom, Lord, to be able to gather with your name, with like-minded believers, Lord, to lift up the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that we would never take it for granted, Lord. And God, we thank you for your presence that is here, Lord. We thank you for your spirit that has already been moving, Lord, through praise and worship, Lord. And God, we come now, Lord, to preach the word that you have laid upon our hearts, Lord. God, we're asking, Lord, that your anointing would rest upon our voice, Lord. Lord, to deliver the word that you have placed in our hearts, Lord. And God, I pray not only that you would anoint me, Lord, but anoint the hearts of those that are sitting here up underneath the sound of my voice in this sanctuary, God. And Lord, not only here, but those that are watching by the way of the internet, Lord, or those that will watch, Lord, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would touch their heart, Lord. That, God, you would begin right now to toil up, Lord, uh, the, the, the heart, Lord, so that, God, as your word goes forth, Lord, that it would fall on good ground, Lord, and we are believing you, Lord, for good fruit to come forth, Father, and we will ask it all in the name of yeah. Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 We find here this portion of Scripture, Jesus had just arrived back to Capernaum by ship. And the Bible says that upon approaching land and getting off the boat, that a man by the name of Jairus had approached him. Jairus was weary. Jairus was, was distraught because his only child, his only daughter, 12 years old, was laying dying. And he had no one else to turn to but him. And he was a man of wealth and status. But I can tell you that wealth and status will do you no good when it comes to having your problems fixed. There is only but one person that can fix the problems, a man, and his name is Jesus Christ. Amen. Too many today are placing their trust in money. They're placing their trust in power and positions and everything else. But we've got to anchor our trust and our faith in Christ and what he has done for us. Amen. We as the church have got to get back to looking unto the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. See, that's the problem with the church today. We're not looking strictly to him. We're looking to him for some things, but then we're looking to ourselves for other things. Amen? Amen. And so he, he came to him, he fell down at his feet, and he said, I need you to come, I need you to come and touch my daughter. You're the only one that can do it. And the response of Jesus was the response always to the seeking and searching heart, and he said, I'll go. And Jesus was on his way to go to this house, wasn't distraught, wasn't worried about anything because he possesses all power. Amen. Jairus had come to him to do and asked him to do what only he can do. And I can tell you that the response of Jesus to the seeking heart, to the searching heart, is and always will be yes. His answer will always be yes. Jesus will never deny the seeking heart. He will never deny the searching heart because that's what he longs for. That is what his Holy Spirit is there to do in this world, to, to draw hearts unto him. And the Bible still says that if I be lifted up, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. He's not just talking about sinners, but he's talking about us Christians too. He's still in the drawing business, and it doesn't matter how long you may have been saved, he is still desiring to draw you into a closer relationship with him. Amen? So upon his journey to this man's house, the scripture says that people from all around followed him and thronged him. Now, I imagine as a visual person that as he was walking, there were hundreds and hundreds of people, quite possibly thousands of people that was following this man. This man was, was more popular, if you would like to use that term, than any other man because he spoke like no other man had ever spoken. Amen. 
He was healing people with just his word. Miracles were being done. The dead was coming back to life. There's no reason for doubt that people were following him. They wanted to see what he was going to do next. When you was there in that time, you would be falling in two to say, what's Jesus going to do today? Can I tell you that he's still in that same operation today? We just got to get back to looking at him and expecting to receive things. He's still able to do the same that he did then today. But the problem is, is we're not following after him, we're not looking to him, we're not expecting to receive from him, and he's telling the church today to expect to receive from me. We need to get back to that man that was laid out to get called beautiful and expecting to receive, but what it got was a whole lot more than what he ever anticipated. He got Jesus Christ, amen. And so, again, when he was on his way. We find here, and it enters into this picture, a woman whose name, again, was omitted because it doesn't matter about our name. His name is the only name that matters. Amen. And she comes up on the scene, and we find here that this woman had an issue of blood for 12 years. For 12 years, and undoubtedly, she had lived her life of solitude. Because of her issue of blood, the law forbade her to be around people or to have any contact with them whatsoever. Leviticus 15, 19 says, And if a woman have an issue, and her issue in her fleshly blood, she shall be put apart seven days, and whosoever touches her shall be unclean until the even. You see, everything that this woman touched was unclean. Everything that she laid on was unclean. Everything that, that she was around was unclean, was defiled. Because the scripture also goes on to tell us that no matter how long the issue of blood took place, she was to remain separate from everyone else. Now, this would have been just one day, two days. And I know myself, if I'm by myself or up in the house more than a day, I go stir crazy, right? Because you want to be around people. You want to go out and do things. But yet, day after day, Week after week, month after month, year after year, for 12 years, this woman had to live a life of solitude. Wow. 4,380 days, this woman had to remain by herself. <laughs> no contact whatsoever, no hugs to her family, no kisses, none of that stuff going on, but by herself, day after day. And the physical and mental anguish that she must have felt. So it's no wonder that she had sought the aid of a physician to fix her problem. It's no wonder that she has searched out doctor after doctor to fix her problem, to find a cure for her because she was miserable. In her state of mind, she, she thought, I can't keep living like this. Something has got to change. Something has got to change. You see, man without God is in a constant state of anguish, always seeking a remedy. The soul that does not know Jesus Christ is always searching, is always seeking for something to fulfill that void in their life. You turn on the TV, you see it all around. That's why we see the problems that we see today in this world. It's because man is without God. Let me tell you, the problem is not guns. The problem is not any government. The problem is sin. Right. 
Amen. And the only remedy and the only answer for sin is the cross of Jesus Christ. Right. There is still only one solution. There is still only one remedy, and it's the blood of Jesus Christ. And we have got to come back to being preachers of righteousness. We've got to come back and be as John the Baptist and say, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. Amen. So you and I today, even though we are saved, we still should be living a life of repentance. Yes. Because the last time I checked, not one of us walked in here without an issue. See, we're talking about this woman who had an issue of blood, but you and I have issues in our life too. Because yeah. the last time I checked, I don't think anybody's got it all together and going on. And we've got to come to him day after day, but we've got to promise that if we will come to him with our issues, he's there to extend grace to help us in time of need. All we've got to do, though, is come to him. Amen? Yeah. We've got to come into the throne room of grace and know that we're going to be met with mercy we're going to be met with mercy and find the grace that we need. Amen. So in verse 26, it informs us that she has spent all of her money that she had and saw physician after physician. This woman, no doubt, was a woman of great wealth. For 12 years, she went. To, the Bible doesn't say how many, but undoubtedly it was numerous amounts of physicians. She went to man to try to fix her problem. But the Bible says she rather grew worse. She didn't just stay the same, but after she got into the hands of these doctors, she grew worse. You see, this woman, this synopsis of what we're reading in this passage of Scripture should serve to us as a looking glass and mirror to each and every single one of us because there's many in life today that are trying to cure their problem day in and day out, whether it be by man-made programs, whether it be by psychologists, whether it be by therapists, whether it be by whatever it is that you want to exert in there, it all stems from man, and yet you will end up being at the end of it, just like this woman, growing worse. There's no other alternative, because when you fail to come to Jesus, when you fail to come to the one that is the only one that is able to cure the problem, and you start looking to man, or you start looking to self, the problem never stays the way that it is, but it grows worse and worse and worse. Amen. You see, because you're trying to do it by the means of self. And let me tell you, when you're trying to do this all by yourself, when you're trying to fix the problems of life by yourself, it will always grow worse. You grow into deeper bondage over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. But let me tell you, there stands one with arms wide open that says, whosoever will come and drink of the water of life. All we've got to do is take that first step and to come. You see, there is no earthly remedy for sin, and there's no saving grace in man's way. Well, to say that again, there's no earthly remedy for sin, and there's no saving grace in man's way. See, man, for all of the, throughout time since the beginning with Adam and Eve, has always tried to cover their sin. Instead of just coming to the Lord with their sin, and we see it in the world today, many are, quote, in the church, but they're not a part of the church. And instead of bringing their sin and their problems into the Lord, they're trying to go through a series of good works. They're trying to go through a series of things to try to cover up their sin, to try to rid them of the problem instead of coming to Him. But you can't fix yourself. And the Lord opposes that. He just says, come simply as you are. Come as you are, amen? So unfortunately, the church for far too long has sought the aid and the help of something or someone else to fix their issue. 
You see, we preach to the people for far too long of something else other than Jesus Christ and His finished work as being the only answer. And when you preach another message other than that, then you will always leave the people wanting, still desperate, still hopeless, because and still frustrated. I can tell you, growing up like that, and we've all got these stories, and I'm so thankful for the godly heritage that I have of being taught about Jesus Christ, of being taught about a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. But unfortunately, <laughs> much within the church world at that day and time was you got to do the performing. You've got to fix the problems. Not only as an unbeliever coming to Jesus Christ, we, we, we would recognize that and we would tell the sinner, you've got to come to Jesus, but then we would turn right around and tell the church, you've got to clean yourself up. You've got to do all of the performing. But you can't do any of the performing. Because if righteousness come by the law, Paul said that Christ has died That's in right. vain. That's right. If you can fix yourself, then Christ would have never had to come and die on Calvary's cross, hang there, pour out his blood for you. Do you realize that if it was just for you, he would have done it? Yes. We talk about the world as a whole like that, that he came, and yes, he came for each and every single person, but if it would have just been for you, he would have died just for you, because that's how much he loves you. Amen. Amen. He did it all for you. He cried, it is finished, it's done, so why are we turning to anything else except turning to the one who's already accomplished the work? So see, this woman, no doubt, was frustrated. All of her money that she had was gone, and doctor after doctor would come to her promising her a plan. And I can tell you that all men can do is make you empty promises. That's all men can do to make you empty promises. But there's one who will make you a promise, and he says he will save your soul. He will come in and do the work that needs to be done. And it's a guaranteed fact that you can stand upon his word. Amen? Amen. All he can do is let you down. You better not place your faith in me and Jason and your spouse and anybody else. Your faith better be in Christ and what he has done because he is the only one that can meet your every need. Yes. Man will let you down. Amen. Man will let you, if you've never been let down, come and see me. Because then I'm going to look at you tell me you're telling a lie. Because man will let you down. You will suffer hurt. You will suffer disappointments. Even at times, even from your own family. But let me tell you, there is one that if you will turn to, he will never let you down. Amen. You see, the ways of man and man's help will leave you worse off than before you went to them. They'll leave you worse off. Just as this woman grew worse, you will leave worse off than you were when you came to man, first approaching them with your problem. You see, Proverbs 16, 25 says, There is a way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. You see, this woman no doubt thought that what she was doing was right. She thought what she was doing, right? I'm going to the doctor. I'm spending my money. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. So surely I'm going to find the help that I need. But all that she found was in was pain and heartache and hopelessness. So why was she doing it? Why did she go to these doctors? Why did she turn to that and do all of that? Because all of it stems from self. See, that's what seems right. The Bible here that says there is a way that seems right. The reason why it seems right is because it comes from self. It comes from here. And we think that we've got it all figured out. We, we lay out our life's plan. We think
think that we can fix the problem, we think that we can do all of this, but the Bible says that the end thereof are the ways of death. Because, see, we want to fix the problem. We depend upon our senses. We depend upon what we hear, what we listen to, what we say, what we touch. We depend upon all these things that are tangible instead of as circumstances and not placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And that's where we go wrong. That's where unredeemed man goes wrong because they're relying upon themselves, they're trusting in themselves, and unfortunately many in the church are doing the same today. Their faith is not solely anchored in where it ought to be because they're wanting to still place it within themselves that I can do this. And let me tell you, you can't do it. Right. Hear me, you can't do it. You can't right. fix your problem. You can't fix the, the, the issues that are going on. There's only one that can do it. You see, uh, we're running to everyone and everything else to fix the problem, and all we're finding is more pain and more hurt. But until you deny yourself and realize that you have nothing and that you can't turn the situation around, you're going to find yourself, just like this woman, growing worse. You see, man's problem again in life is sin. And it all comes from the fall of Adam. All the pain, yeah. all the devastation, right. the killings, the abortions, all of this stuff right. all stems from the fall of Adam when man thought that he knew better, disobeyed God, That's and right. then sin entered into the world. And let me tell you something. Sin is being danced around. Much of the church is trying to come close to the edge and see how far can I get with it. Let me tell you, I said in the Bible study class that we did on Friday, we are to abstain even from the appearances. That's of right. Amen. We are to abstain even from the appearance. See, we will talk about don't get into sin, but us as Christians, and many in the church like that, we think, well, I won't necessarily do that, but yet it appears like it. The world is looking at us. You're a Christian. You are an ambassador of Jesus Christ. You carry his name. And so we need to give the world something to say, hey, they've got something that's different than what I've got. Amen? John 10, 10 says, The thief come and die, but for to steal and to kill and destroy. I have come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. There's no good that ever comes out of sin. There's nothing good that comes from sin. That's right. It destroys. And there's pleasure in it. It looks good. But let me tell you, other, the wages of it is death. It will cost you more than you are ever willing to pay. And it keeps you longer than you ever are willing to stay. You think that I may just do this and I may just do that and then I'll get out. But let me tell you, before long, it will suck you in and it will take hold of you. But he has come to give us life and life more abundantly. I don't just have eternal life waiting upon me, but right now I can live in the overflow. Right now, you and I can have abundant life. Yes, you know, we can have victory over flesh. We can have victory over the Satan. We can have victory over hell. We can have victory today and walk in that abundant life by simply looking to him, by simply trusting in him, by falling down at his knees and saying, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this on my own. I need you. And each and every single time that you pray that prayer, every single time that you utter that cry, you are guaranteed the promise and the help of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yes. 
See, we've got to have the help of the Holy Spirit to live this life for the Lord. You can't live for the Lord upon your own. The power that you need to be able to live for the Lord is within the Holy Spirit. And the way the Holy Spirit works in mind in your life is by looking to Christ, what he has done at Calvary's cross, and then the Holy Spirit is loose and able to work in your life the way that he desires. Amen. Talk about removing the pressure. I don't have to worry about doing anything. I'm simply resting in what he has already done. And allowing him to bring to me the benefits of Calvary. Allowing him to bring to me what Christ has died to give. Amen. Amen. So no matter the sin, whether it be in the life of a sinner or the life of a believer, the answer is still the same, and it's the cross. You see, it's not the wooden beam. But it was what was accomplished there. So many are looking at the cross and they see a wooden beam there. That beam holds no power. But where the power lies in is what was accomplished there when he shed his blood there 2,000 years ago and he cried, it is finished. They're releasing the power of the Holy Spirit to now come in and reside in the hearts and lives of those that accept him. The those that invite him to come in. Hebrews 13 and 8. Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever. The answer for this woman then is the answer for you and I today. And will always be the answer. He's the same. He doesn't change. If he was the solution then, why is he not the solution now to much of the church? Yes. It's always been the solution. It's always so easy, but yet it's so hard for much of the church to grab a hold of this because, again, we can't get self out of the way. Mm -hmm. But once you remove yourself out of the way, and remember that it's you no longer living because you're crucified with Christ, and now that it's him living inside of you, then he can live through you. And then you will begin to see and experience that abundant life that he said that you can have. You don't have to walk around tormented. Hear me. You don't have to walk around down and out. You don't have to walk around depressed. You don't have to walk around like that. But you can walk around victorious for joy because of what he has done by looking to him and saying, thank you, Jesus, you've done it all. Amen. Amen. I got up this morning, not because I'm standing here behind the pulpit, and most of you will know me here, but this is not me. This was not my domain. I never wanted to be up behind the podium, but God called me. But I got up this morning smiling, not because I was getting to come in here to the pastor's church, which I am so thankful, but I got up this morning with peace in my heart because Jesus Thank Christ Jesus. still is. Because Hallelujah. He saved my soul. The blood of Jesus Christ is walking out my sins. And I, despite what's going on in this world and despite what may take place, I know that I'm on the winning side. Amen. Amen. And this should come back today. I'm going home to be with Jesus. Yes. I said, I'm going home to be with Jesus. I've got nothing to fear because he lives inside because my trust and my faith is within him. Amen. So how can the problem be the solution? I said this before in another message I preached out in Denver. How can the problem be the solution? We are the problem. You are the problem. But yet we will take self and try to make that the solution. Mm -hmm. 
There is only but one solution, and it's not you. It's the man, Christ Jesus. It's the blood. Yes. The blood still works. Amen. I said the blood still works. Yes, praise God. Contrary to many of the church today that says you can't preach about the blood anymore because people don't like it, doesn't work. we got to give them something new and something hot. Let me tell you, the blood of yes. Jesus Christ is still saving souls. Yes. It's still setting men free. It's still healing the sick. It's still healing the brokenhearted. The blood of Jesus is powerful. That one God. His precious blood can fall upon you, wash away all of your sins, and make you into a new creation in Christ Jesus. You're saved here today. You're not here because of anything that you've done, because it was one drop of precious blood that fell upon you, and it killed you, and you were turned into a new creature in Christ Jesus. I'm no longer who I used to be. I'm a new man, a new creature in Christ Jesus. So for all intents and purposes, this woman was dying, and life was leaving her body. She was dying. She was desperate. And until you get to the place of desperation, Come on, man. you will never be able to receive from him what he's got for you. Amen. That's right. I don't know about you, but I'm desperate. Yes. I'm desperate. Because I realize that I'm nothing. I have nothing. Lord, I want more of you. And until you get to that place where you are desperate. That's where we've got to be. You see, life was leaving her body, and if she didn't do something quick, she was going to die. Your life in here, you may be by spiraling out of control. There's problems coming all around. You don't know what to do. You're distraught. You're laying awake in the middle of the night. Tears are staining your pillows, and you don't know what to do. But let me tell you, you've got to turn to the one who loves you. You've got to turn to the one who died for you. You've got to turn to the one that can turn your problem all the way around. Yes. All you've got to do is take that opportunity to hear this gospel to accept. And I was on my way, that went on for days, and I was on my way to pick up Stacey, and we were going to, to go to prayer meeting, and I got a text from an individual who said, do you think that maybe you ought to go bother and pray for her? Now, I know that you would maybe think that, well, you should have done that anyway, but I had seen her in years. But the light bulb went out, the Holy Spirit touched my heart and said, this is it. Here is the answer to your prayer that you prayed. Nothing was none compared to what I seen. I walked in there and I seen an individual laying on the bed that was death all over her. And my heart broke. Eyes rolled into the back of her head. And I thought, Lord, what am I supposed to do with this? Lord, how in the world am I supposed to talk to her when she ain't even looking at me? Will she even hear? And I looked at her friend that was there and I asked about her situation. And I said, did Melody ever accept Jesus Christ as her personal Savior? Is she saved? And the answer of this individual is much like the answer of much people in the world. said, well, she went to church some. She quit doing this. And I said, I'm not asking you, did she go to church? Is she born again? Did she ever make a profession of Jesus Christ as her Lord and her Savior? And she looked at me with a blank stare. And I knew then that Melody had never accepted the Lord. And I got over there beside of her, and I said, Melody, and there was a little twitch in her body, and I told her who I was. And I looked at her, and I said, Melody, I said, it's time to go. You're getting ready to leave this life, and it's time to make things right with Jesus Christ. 
And there I presented it to her with just a matter of a few minutes because the gospel of Jesus Christ is simple. She yeah. didn't need a 45-minute sermon. She didn't need a two-hour message. All she needed to hear was that there was one who loved her, that Amen. there was one who bled and yes. died for her, that there was one that would come in and save her from her sins, and that what she was getting ready to pass through, she didn't have to fear because he was going to be with her Hallelujah. and take her on in into the portals of glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I looked at her and I talked to her about the Lord. And I said, Melanie, you may not be able to speak, but I'm going to hold your hand. And with everything within you, I want you to pray deep within your heart. If you can't even begin to say all the words, just say the name of Jesus. Yes. I said, just say Praise the name God. of Jesus. I'm reminded of the thief upon the cross, and all the cried was, remember me. Remember Amen. me. Let me tell you, it's not so much about the words that you say, but it's the heart that he's looking at. Yes, today. Amen. He's looking at the heart that is crying out to him, Lord, remember me. And I prayed with her there, and they recited with me. And I stood back and, and I thought, Lord, how am I going to know? Will you please just show me? Let me know that she heard. Lord, give me a piece that the work's been done. And about that time, the lady walked in to administer her uh, the drugs, the morphine. And I realized that she told me that it had been six hours, which let me know that at that precise moment that the Lord sent Hallelujah. Us there, at the precise moment that the Lord sent us there, she was most lucid there. And all of a sudden, I looked over there, and what I found was a tear rolling out of her eye. And what I found was a tear and a cry, I believe, of repentance rolling out of her eye. And her little finger that she was twitching could barely even get up, went up to her face and wiped away that tear. And I knew right then that Melody had accepted Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And it was 36 hours later, and Jesus Christ called her home. A lot of people say, well, I don't believe in this side confessions. Let me tell you, you don't know the power of the grace and the blood of Jesus Christ. Yes. Because just one mention of his name, even as breath may be just a few moments from leaving the body, if you'll say the name of Jesus, he will come in and save your soul. Yes, amen. Amen. So the woman's situation from the beginning of her issue went from bad to worse, leading her to the point of desperation. But see, things were getting ready to change for her. Things were getting ready to turn around for her. The crowd was big, and the Bible says that she had heard of Jesus. She heard of Jesus. See, we need to be preaching this gospel so that others can hear of Jesus Christ. We've got the answer, and it's our job, our responsibility, our privilege to go out and to tell them about him. And when she heard this man named Jesus, the Holy Spirit quickened her heart and said, you need to get over there to him. And I can tell you that it was a divine appointment. Yes. It was a divine appointment. You may think that you're here because you chose to be here, but I can tell you that today is a divine appointment for you. Today is a divine appointment for you. It's an appointment where God said that he was going to meet with you today. He was going to meet with you today and desires to move upon your behalf just as he desired to move upon this woman's behalf. But as she made a decision, you and I have got to make a decision today as well. Amen. You see, no doubt people were talking and, and people were speaking of this man who, who had done the miraculous Remember, he touched the paralytic. He, he touched the withered hand man. He, the one that was demon-possessed. He stopped the funeral position and called the person right back to life. She heard of him. And I can just imagine that as she gazed upon him, 
Has she seen this man who she had quite possibly never seen before? Excitement filled her heart. All of a sudden, she began to have hope to spring up within her heart and within her soul. And I'm sure that she's seen individuals running by who had never ran before, crying out, he touched me. He touched me. No doubt there were people who had been blind all of their life, and all of a sudden she seen that they were being led about, not by other person, but they had two good eyes to be able to see, and saying, I can now see, I can now see. And all of a sudden, I'm sure, joy filled her heart, and said, praise God, here is my answer, he's going to do the same thing for me. But then here come the enemy. I'm sure that there might have been an individual there. As she looked upon this man, as hope began to fill her eyes, as she began to think, today is my day, I can just imagine that quite possibly there was an individual there that said, no, 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 no. Because you've got to remember, this woman who had an issue of blood, it was known all about. And quite possibly he looked at her and said, he heals by touch alone. He heals by touch alone. And he can't touch you because he'll be defiled. See, the enemy will come in and sow seeds of doubt and make you think, well, he can never do it for me. He's done it for them, but he won't do it for me. It's time that we get back to asking and seeking and knocking. Yes. Because he has no respect of persons. Amen. And what he's done for one, he will do for you. Yes. But yet the Holy Spirit, I'm sure, quickened your heart and said, don't give up. Don't give up. This is your opportunity. This is your chance. And I'm saying, she says in the Bible, in Matthew 9, that if I could just touch his clothes, I shall be whole. That word in the Greek is sozo, meaning I shall be saved, or it could be I shall be delivered, or I shall be healed. See, her faith was reached out saying, I don't have to necessarily touch his physical body. If I could just touch the clothes, just the him. And I heard something the other day that just happened to come out on the news feed, and I thought, wow, Lord, you gave that to me, knowing that I was going to be preaching this. And he said that the him, that the him, all of the threads come together. Let me tell you, he can take all of your mess and pull it together. He can touch you and fix the situation. So faith begins to rise within her, and she says that if I could just touch him, I know that it will be eliminated. I know that it will be eliminated. So he's walking right by her, and she said, I've got to reach out and touch him. Now, see, some would say, well, it's not how much, uh, uh, it's because you don't have enough faith. We wonder why possibly that we have prayed for things. And we wonder why maybe they haven't happened. I'm not God. I don't understand why things happen. But I know that his ways are right. Amen. And his thoughts are higher than mine and your thoughts. And it's not that you've got to have a gigantic amount of faith in order to be able to receive from the Lord. Because the Bible says in Romans 12, 3, God has given to every man the measure of faith. Yes. So he's given you that measure of faith to be able to believe him for what it is that you need. You want to know how much it is? It's a grain of a mustard seed. See, it's not about how much faith that you have. It's where you've got it anchored. Yes. You don't have to have a big ginormous amount of faith to be able to receive big and wonderful things from God. It's by simply anchoring what he has given to you, that measure of faith that is already there, anchoring it in him and believing him for what it is that you need. So, so again, I'm sure the crowd was huge. And all around him, and despite her not being allowed to have contact with people, she said, I've got to touch Jesus. Are you in that place today? 
where you say, I've got to touch Jesus. Yes. It doesn't matter if you've been saved for 50 years or you're still feeling that way. I've got to touch Jesus. See, we think that if some man can lay their hands upon me, that will fix all our problems. You don't need no man to lay hands upon you. That's you right. need Jesus Christ to touch you. Yeah. You need to reach out and touch him for yourself. You don't have to pick up the phone at midnight and call me or somebody else to pray for you, which I will be glad to do. All you've got to do is say, Father, in the name of Jesus, Amen. and the same access that I've got, the same access that Jason's got, is the same access to you that you've got. Because the access is through the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes, yes. She just said, if I could just touch you. And so I'm sure in all of the crowds that was around, she began to maneuver her way in. And undoubtedly, she probably got knocked down. You're pressing towards Jesus. You're going after him. If you get knocked down, it seems like again and again and again. But yet this woman didn't let that stop her. Because she knew that her only opportunity for healing, she knew that her only hope was passing right before her very eyes. Amen. And she knew that she couldn't let that moment that that was right before her eyes pass by her. And I can tell you that, that many of the doctors said, well, well, if you would have just gotten to me sooner. Maybe if you just got to me sooner, I would have fixed your problem. But let me tell you, Jesus can heal you even if you come late. Amen. Jesus can heal you if you come late. He's able to do it. Amen. So it doesn't matter where you have been or what you have done. The Bible says that we're sent in a bound. Grace did much more. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what you have done in life. It doesn't matter where you have been. God said that we're sent in a bound. Grace did much more about. We just talked about it here. In the song that says, There is a river, and it, that there is a grace that flows from Emmanuel's veins. And let me tell you, if you will accept it, it'll come and it'll heal you, it'll come and deliver you, and it'll come and wash all of your sins away. Amen. John 6 37 says, All who the Father gives me shall come to me, and him who comes to me I will in no wise cast out. Thank you, Lord. That's right, amen. You are sure that if you will come to him, he will not cast you out, but yet he will accept you with loving arms. Amen. But all you've got to do is come to the end of yourself and say, Jesus, I can't, but you can help me. Jesus, I can't, and you can help me. Amen. So as just as he was about to take another step, her hand reaches out. And touches the hem of the garment. Amen. See, here's the difference between curiosity and faith. Curiosity says give up, where faith says don't stop. Keep going until you get what you're looking for. Don't stop until you get what you've come to receive. See, too many are just curious about Jesus. I'm not just curious about it. I want him. Amen. And she was determined in her mind that she wasn't going to let anything stop her. That what was going on around her from coming to receive what it is that she knew he possessed that no other man could give. Amen. So most of that day were touching him and knowing and not knowing why they were touching him, but touching him out of curiosity. But this woman touched him with faith. And when she did, that faith literally poured from Jesus Christ what it was. That she needed. Hebrews 11 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Proper faith and the proper person gets a response from God. Yes. When your faith is anchored in Christ, 
knowing that he is the only one that possesses what it is that you need, that is what gets you a response from God. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. You can't come to God and try to evidence faith within yourself and think that you're going to get a response from him. It's only faith in Christ and what he has done, saying, God, I know that it's already been bought. I know that it's already been purchased. Yes. Everything that I need is in the atonement. That right there is what gets a response from God. So you say, well, what is it that I've got to believe him for? That believe that he is the healer. Yes. How many of you still believe that he's the healer today, Amen. man? That he is the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. That he is peace. That he is the liver. That he is joy. That he is the victor. And that he is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. And when you believe that he is whatever it is that you need, and that he's able to do it, you can guarantee that he is a rewarder of them that will diligently seek him. Says, God, I'm not stopping because I believe that it is. You are who it is that I need and what it is that I need. And I'm going to keep seeking you until I receive it. Amen. So Luke says that the woman came behind him and touched his garment. Then notice she came from behind him. Jesus didn't have her view. She wasn't in front of him, waving her arms all about. But yet he was walking and she came up behind him and touched him. And the Bible says that the moment that she touched him, her problem. The blood, the issue of blood was immediately stanched. It stopped. One touch, she reached out and touched him by faith. And faith poured from him that healing virtue power that she needed. Let me tell you, you can reach out and touch him today. Amen. You can reach out and touch him. See, we said Jesus can touch me. No, you can touch him. Because see, Jesus was in front of her. He had no idea that she was behind him. And she reached out and touched him. And the moment she touched him, healing virtue power came out and healed her body. You see, Matthew 9, 26 says, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. What man could not do in her life, God was able to do. Yes. What man can do and what seems impossible in your life, with him all things are possible. Amen. And only with him are all things possible. So just that quick, a sinner can be forgiven and turned into a saint. Just that quick, one can be sick and ridden with disease and be healed. Just that quick, one can be dying in their sins and receive life. Just that quick. One moment. One touch. One declaration of faith, putting that faith in action, can receive what it is that you need. You see, when you are forgiven of your sin, you're forgiven because the blood of Jesus Christ atoned for all sin, past, present, and future. Thank God his blood took care of my past sins, took care of my present sins, and took care of my future sins. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And the Bible says that Jesus turned around, stopped on his way. To Jairus' house, and he asks us the question, Who touched me? Who touched me? And Peter turns around and says, Lord, what do you mean, who touched you? You've got hundreds of thousands of people that are thronging you, and you're asking the question, Who touched you? Everybody's touching you. But he said, Oh no, there's one who's touched me like none like the other has touched me. <laughs> and there's many that are just thronging him. That's just coming around and just wants to rub up shoulders to him. But this woman touched him in a way like no one else did. Yes. This woman touched him with faith, with desperation. And that's how you've got to be you, when you come to him in desperation. Are you desperate for him this morning? The needs that are in your life, 
Are you desperate for him to move on them? Then the burden, and I will give you rest. Yes. So he gave rest to this woman that day who was in turmoil, and he can give you rest today. It doesn't matter if you're lost and undone, if you don't know Jesus Christ, he's got rest for you today. But even if you're saved and you love the Lord with all of your heart, and maybe you've got burdens in your life, and you don't understand why the things are going on, let me tell you, he can give you rest today. Yes, amen. He's provided it. But the responsibility falls on you and I, and that responsibility is by coming to him. So you've got to take that step. And when you do, you're going to be met with mercy, and you're going to be met with grace. Yes, praise God. If the singers and musicians will come back. The last part of this verse in 34 says, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of the plague. Be whole of the plague. Go in peace. So she didn't have peace before. But that day, when she reached out and touched Jesus, when she reached out and received from him what it is that she needed, he then looked to her signifying relationship when he called her daughter, and he said, go in peace. She didn't have to be tormented anymore. She didn't have to walk around in turmoil anymore. But she could go in peace. So she started out as a certain woman. But ended up as a daughter of the Most High King. Thank you, Jesus. You and I can be a son and daughter of the Most High King today. But all we have to do is come to Him. Thank you, your feet today. I'll ask you this question that hit me when I was preparing for this message. The Lord said, Have you ever touched me like this woman touched me? Yes, I've touched Him for salvation. And he's said, I've received it and he's coming to my heart. But have I ever touched him the way this woman touched him? I don't want to be just like those that were all around thrown to him, but I want to be like this woman crawling to him in desperation, touching him. Yes, hallelujah. When's the last time you touched him? Come on. When's the last time you reached out and touched him? See, we want him to touch us. God is a God of grace and he'll move. But you need to reach out and touch him. He's here. You know why I know that he's here? Because the Bible says, for two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. He's here in the midst. God Almighty is here in the midst of you and I today. And he's here, but he wants you to reach out and to touch him. And in just one touch, your situation can turn around. In just one touch, and if I were you, I wouldn't let the opportunity go by. He's here. This could be just that day. If you don't know Jesus Christ, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. You're not promised tomorrow. If things are not right in your life, today is the day to make things right. And he'll meet you with open arms. The issue that you've got going on in your life, even if you love the Lord, He's here today to make them better. They seemingly grow worse and they grow worse. But it's time to give it to Him. Yes, amen. It's time to touch Him with it. Hallelujah. Don't carry it out of this place. Yes. Don't carry it upon you out of this place. Leave it here to His feet and receive life today. So as they sing this song, this old song, as He's passing by, if there's sin in your life, I want you to reach out and touch him and you'll be cleansed. If there's sickness in your life, reach out because his blood heals. Amen. If there's bondage, reach out and touch him because there's freedom. If you simply want more of him, 
reach out and touch him today. Yes. So as they begin to sing, I want you to respond to the Holy Spirit. Come to these altars and we will pray as they begin to sing. Hallelujah. 